0: Good morning, everyone. We're going to carry on enjoying God, and uh, we're in a series, and we'll be looking at Ephesians chapter two this week. Hallelujah. And it's a series unpacking the wonders of what Jesus achieved through His life, and through His death, and through His resurrection, and how that changes. And transform the way that humanity gets to relate to God. I want to ask you a question. Are you amazed that you are a Christian? Yes. Maybe you're not a Christian this morning and you're thinking, I'm not amazed yet. (laughs) Are you amazed? Some people say, I would be amazed as a Christian if I had a really, really dramatic story. And sometimes people hear other people's stories about real rebels who came to Christ. And they kind of think, I wish I had that story because then I would be amazed that I'm a Christian. Or people say, I think I would be amazed as a Christian if I'd had a real power encounter with God. If I had a story of an encounter with God, then I'd be amazed. Or people might say, I'd be amazed if I was experiencing right now amazing power. Ephesians chapter 2, 1 to 9 says, Essentially, all our stories are equally crazy and equally dramatic. And what I'll be doing is taking bits of Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, and at the end I'm going to read the whole to us. All our stories are crazy and equally dramatic. This is every believer's story, and it can be your story this morning if you're not yet a Christian, is everybody's story is this, I was dead, now I'm alive. I mean, it doesn't get much more crazy And dramatic than once I was blind to Christ and now I see. Or once my heart was hard to God and the gospel and the good news, but now it's soft. And so if you've been reading the chapter in the week, verses 1 to 10 are what we're looking at this morning is about how we became personally alive. And verses 11 to 22 of chapter 2 is about how we became a family, a new humanity that's alive. One new man in Christ. We're going to unpack about being personally alive and where we came from, what God had to do, what power it took to do it. And it says, and you were dead. In the trespasses and sins (coughs) in which you once walked. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And then he goes on and says, but God, in verse 4, but God. Some people say it's the most important one single word in the whole universe, but God Amen. being rich in mercy because of great love with which He loved us. Amen. Even when we were dead Amen. in our trespasses. Trespasses means there were particular things that God had said don't do and we trespassed and went against it. Like there's rules, isn't there? Do not trespass. It says it on buildings do not trespass. And if we go into that building, we've trespassed, we've broken an obvious law. Rule. We did that. He made us alive together with Christ. But God made us alive. Amen. It says, once we walked, it's an interesting thing for Western Europeans, we are called materialistic people. In other words, we believe what we can see and touch and feel. And we're kind of poo-poo the reality of a spiritual realm. But the Bible's an Eastern book. It understands how the universe really is. And it says, once you were dead in the trespass and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And Paul is saying, once before we used to walk and there's a spiritual frequency Mm -hmm. going out into the earth Mm -hmm. that produces within men and women who are spiritually dead a disobedience Mm. and it says walking we walked in these things so we were dead but we had a capacity to walk (laughs) it's not that we were dead literally physically we were walking Walking really refers to the everyday, ordinary activity of our lives was following this broadcast, this frequency that Paul says was coming out of the spirit of the air that was producing in us all kinds of disobedience. And so we walked in it, lots of activity, lots of busyness. And he talks in this section about our bodies and our minds and our desires and our passions all walking following this frequency that's going out into the earth. The kind of invisible force, a force that was greater than ourselves and we were absolutely blind to its effect, blind to its reality that produced in us all sorts of hardness of heart and all kinds of disobedience and we were walking in it. This force that was at play in the world. And what could we say that this broadcast, this frequency, this spirituality that was broadcast to humanity, what would it be saying if we could get a radio and kind of pick it up right now? What would it be saying? It would be saying this fundamental basic message, and it would be this humanity, prefer anything to God. So we're saying, you were dead. You were walking, you were following the prince of the power of the air, this spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. It was broadcasting something to humanity and it was saying, prefer anything apart from God. Trust yourself, look to yourself, depend upon yourself, don't look to God. And maybe in the West it looks like things like, and maybe it's all over the world, prefer money to God prefer power to God, prefer fame to God. This message that's going out and saying, if you want to be somebody, don't find it in relationship to God, Um, find it in relationship to trending on Instagram, find it in the followers, find it in being an influencer, find it in your career, find it in a relationship, find it in your children, find it in money, find it in fame, just, Don't look to God. God's dead, God's irrelevant, He didn't create anything, He's Mm. unnecessary, Mm. unimportant, Mm. He's over. Mm. And sometimes it can look like trespasses and sins can look like wicked, evil behavior, but most of the time it doesn't. Mm. I'm astounded, aren't you, by the phenomenal goodness of men and women who don't know God necessarily. They're sacrificial, they care for the poor, yes. they love people, yes. they, they they initiate and create and innovate for the good of man, mankind. Yes. Yes. And so it's not just evil that we consider when it says trespasses and sins, it's the preference of anything Amen. to God. Amen. And it can become good things that ultimately become ultimate. And so a person, a parent, a mom, a dad, an uncle, auntie can can sacrifice everything for their children and it's a good thing, but then their whole identity is caught up with their their children or their job or whatever else it might be. And it's a statement of saying anything is better than having God. Amen. I don't want God. Not interested in God. Mm. Dead means means you couldn't do anything about it. So you're following this frequency. And you, you can't do anything about it. There's a deadness. Mm, mm. That the human heart can't just decide on its own, well, I'm not going to be hard hearted towards God anymore. Mm. You, no human being can say, I won't be blind to the beauty of Christ anymore. Yes, a yes. human being can't decide and say, I won't mm. be dead anymore. Yes. You're dead. Mm. Following these things. Mm. It's inside, mm. it's a it's inside, and it's It's a bias inside. Mm. It's a sense of being a puppet, really. Both of of what's going on inside and what's going on outside. Mm. And you can't get yourself out. You're dead. I'm blind. I'm my heart is hard. And I'm what's worse, I'm ignorant to my spiritual reality and my condition. Mm. And so when Paul says, but God. It's an incredible thing Hallelujah. that he says in this chapter. Amen. Helpless to make ourselves alive. Couldn't see Jesus. Couldn't value Jesus. Inability to comprehend the beauty and the glory of Christ. What Ezekiel called a heart of stone. A profound inability to see, obey, believe, worship, value and delight in God. That was our condition, that was our state. And so when he says in verse four, but God, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. See, it's not just that we were dead, it's that we were hostile to God. Carrying out the desires of our body, our mind, We were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind, but God. It's not just that we weren't satisfied, and then we got satisfied because we found Christianity. It's it's, it's a terrible plight to be dead, following the frequency of the air, and at the same time completely hostile to God. Rebelling against God, (coughs) rebelling in our mind towards God. And couldn't even see our real state and the reality of our situation. But God, Mm. but God saw us, knew us, saw our Mm. bent towards wanting our own way, not wanting him, pushing him away. But he being rich in mercy, Mm. not giving us what we deserve, rough. Why? Because of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were blind and dead and hard-hearted in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. It took God's activity. See, that's why every believer's story is incredible. Whether you were four years old and... Somebody in your family said something about Jesus and you just loved him. Amen. You were made alive. Amen. Or whether you've had a lifetime of just following your own way and come to dead end alley after dead end alley of heartbreak. As you've followed a frequency, as you've been your own master you fought and you think I'm broken, I've followed everything. And then you heard somebody say something, was it a friend at work? Was it a small whisper that said, read the Bible? Was it a friend who took you to an alpha? Was it someone who just said, I just want to tell you my story? But God made you alive. It took God's activity. He made us alive. Something we can't do for ourselves. Amen. If you've loved Christ this morning and you've been worshipping and loving him and delighting in him, it's because of but God, Hallelujah. who was rich in mercy, Hallelujah. made you alive. Hallelujah. Our thinking, our feeling was made alive. Wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, that Christ might shine on you. There was a moment where somebody said something. It might have been, for you, it might have been in a dream. Christ came to you, and then you saw Jesus, and you went on a journey. I've got to find who the man was who appeared in my dream. Whether it was an auntie, an uncle, a friend, a family member, there was this moment where your thinking and feeling and willing came alive at the announcement of the good news about king jesus that's why yeah. that's why when we tell our story to anybody that's when we tell our story for the hope that we've got mm. and we just tell however it is and however basic it appears to us on the back of it can it can come a moment when god brings another human being alive Hallelujah. on the back of you just sharing yeah. the most basic thing in the universe that about his goodness our inner world when we heard the good news suddenly experienced a flash of light (laughs) illumination that allowed us to see believe comprehend and understand even sometimes the most basic level of stuff can get someone born again (laughs) they don't have to understand everything I certainly didn't Ephesians 1 talks about that immeasurably great power towards us who believe. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. That same power that raised Christ in, on that Sunday morning, that dead, lifeless Christ... Jesus who had been crucified, spear in the side, blood and water coming out, physically dead. It says the Holy Spirit exerted the power of God and raised Christ from the dead. And then he says he's seated now at the right hand of glory. That same resurrection power is what came to you the moment you first believed. Amen. It's that kind of power. It wasn't just that you thought, oh, I'll try Christianity. I don't know what else to try. It's actually resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand moved in your life. God's energising spirit that raised Jesus when that same spirit and that same power meets a human heart, a miracle happens and they go from dead to being alive. And each person who's a believer has experienced that. So when that power meets us, that Holy Spirit power, it transforms us from a dead state. And we find ourselves, Ephesians 2 says, raised, seated, positioned with him in heavenly places, made alive together with Christ. A hard heart becomes a heart that's soft. Amen. it says... For by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith is not a work we do. Faith, trusting, believing is our response to having been resurrected. So you get made alive, and the same power that raised Christ from the dead moves in your heart, moves in your mind, moves in your passions, and you're awake. And of course, you say you believe. I was dead, now I'm alive. I was blind and now I see. My heart was hard, now it's soft. Faith is our response when immeasurably great power meets us. You can't ever convince a human being to become a believer. It needs immeasurably great power and when they see, they say, I believe. like Paul on the way to to Damascus to throw believers into prison. He has an encounter with Christ. He's knocked off his donkey and he suddenly believes. It took a power encounter, a resurrection encounter. So you might say, I don't know about my Christianity. It's not very exciting, my story. Well, you've experienced power, Holy Spirit power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, took you from dead unbelief to being a believer that's incredible and so his great power has brought into being something brand new something came into being out of nothing the moment you first believed and said oh god you really are who you say you are jesus of nazareth you really are the son of god oh i want to walk with you you're amazing you were you but new you but new never seen before brand new humanity that's what new means here never seen before brand new incredible and then out of this new birth emerges new tastes new preferences created by god into a new creature who increasingly prefers God over other things. He activated our bodies and our minds and our emotions and our passions and our desires. Yes. Activated by an increasing delight in the wonder of who Christ is. Hallelujah. Ezekiel put it like this, a heart of flesh. And when he means flesh, Ezekiel, he doesn't mean a bad thing. He means a malleable, soft Teachable, he took our heart of stone and gave us a heart of flesh. Suddenly we're teachable by Jesus. Before we were following the course of the air. Then Paul says, once you walked, once, you don't do that anymore. Once you walked, now you've got this heart of flesh, this new heart. That's teachable, that's malleable, that's transformed. Made alive to be satisfied by God. Yeah. Ephesians 1 said this incomparably great power is towards us, yeah. giving us new preferences, new yeah. desires. Yeah. And then I love this, Paul then says that we should walk in this, in these new works. And so there's a contrast here. At the beginning, he says, we once walked following the course of this world. And now he's saying there's good works prepared in advance for us that we might walk in them. Such a great, great writer. And so we've got this new life that was birthed by a supernatural encounter with God and then this new life now gets expressed as good works. For we are his workmanship. Workmanship there is apparently the Greek word for poem. You're, you're You're his poem, he he crafted you, he, he he wrote about you, he thought about you before the foundation of the world. He considered you, you're his poem, you're his workmanship. Amen. The great craftsman of the whole universe thought about you Amen. and crafted you. And he says, to be created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Amen. That we should walk in them, the fruit of new birth... Amen is good works. Religion says, do good works that you might be right with God. The gospel says, I've made you right with me, not of yourself, not of your works, you've got nothing to boast in. Now from the posture and the position of this new birth that I've given you as a gift by grace, I've also prepared in advance good works for you to work in, not in order to win my favour, but flowing out of the fact that you have my favour, You have my acceptance. You have my grace. So the fruit of new birth is good works. It's an external manifestation of internal workmanship that was created by God for good works. Everything before was a gift. And so that's why he says in this section, for by grace you have been saved Mm -hmm. through faith. And this is not of your own doing, it's a gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance, that we should walk in them. Everything before was a gift. Everything we do in Christ, for Christ, is also a gift of grace things designed in eternity. Consequently, as we walk in good works, there's no room for boasting, and there's no need for striving because it was prepared in advance by God because you are his poem and he knows you perfectly. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, you're his workmanship. He absolutely delights in the way he's made you and he's made you to express the wonders of who he is in you and then through you to the world around So as we abide and remain and rest and enjoy, we walk in things that God prepared in advance. And walking means, I mean, sometimes people, we get hung up about, what is my good work? Mm. And I do think that there's truth in the fact that we have unique assignments and we have unique ship's orders. In the ancient world, a captain would get on a boat and they would be passed an envelope which would be sealed, and inside it would be their ship's orders. And that would be the direction of travel, the work they're going to, the cargo they're going to take, and the destination they're going to. And sometimes we get really hung up, maybe all of our Christian life, and we think, what is the good work that I'm meant to be doing? How do I find it? Now, it's prepared in advance that as you're walking, as you're walking through life, as you're doing everyday ordinary activity, mindful of God, mindful of his immeasurably great power towards you, Mm -hmm. as you're just doing your ordinary life, walking. Just as an aside, the eastern world view about life is very different to our way. Mm -hmm. We're more Greek in our thinking. The eastern world understood life as a walk. Mm -hmm. You're walking through life and doing life. The Greek mindset thinks of life as stepping stones. I step on something and then I need to find the next thing I step on and I'm looking to find the next step. The ancient world, the Eastern world, wouldn't understand that life's a walk. It's everyday life. It's making bread. It's going to the store. It's making this, it's doing that. That's all of life is walking. It's not just special event. And so we often break life up into just special events. when we think of university, and then we think of marriage, and then we think of children, and then we think of work, and then we think of retirement, and life becomes these stepping stones where when Paul says to walk in good works, he's saying the whole of your life is now being redeemed. Everything about your life is now meaningful and purposeful. The way you go on the bus, the commute that you take, the job that you do, the people that you meet, the family that you're in, the nations that you came from, all is part of this walking, that everything gets wonderfully redeemed and presented with meaning in Christ. Good works that we might walk in, not just waiting for the next stepping stone, not just waiting for the next special event, but walking. And so everyday ordinary activity becomes activated The way we treat people, the way we love people, the way we interact with people, the way we do our job. And then as we walk, there are moments we have a profound sense that he prepared this for me in the walking. The great novelist Solzhenitsyn found himself in in a Russian gulag sent there as a punishment for his views. And inside this Russian prison, he gets prayed for by a, a Jewish man who had come to Christ. And Sergeant Nitchin says, I got prayed for and my cancer went. And in this Russian prison, he, he gets saved and born again. Amen. And then he has a vision and he thinks, I've got to write down what's going on in these Awful conditions, this terrible prison, this awful persecution, yes. this terrible life yes. that we're finding ourselves in yes. that's based on complete injustice. Yes. And Solzhenitsyn said, I came alive in a moment. I need to write down my story. I need to tell the world what's going on in these prisons. Yes. And he said, it was like in that moment I became like molten metal. Yes. You know when metal is heated and it becomes yes. red and it glows. Yes. He says, oh, pour me into a mould now, God, before I stiffen and harden. And he says, pour me in that I might tell my story. It was a good work. It was prepared in advance. It was a particular work. And for him, it was a great work where a great novel would be read and people would see what had happened. We mustn't fall for the idea that the great work has to be spectacular. But I do believe as we're walking and honouring Christ in our work, in our job, in our family, there will be equal moments where we feel, wow, as I'm doing this, I can just feel your design and your workmanship. I can feel that there's a life that's coming alive in me as I do this. It's like I'm molten metal, pour me into a mould that I might advance the gospel of Jesus Christ in all the earth. There's a story of a great guy who he he went to university and he was an amazing amazing pianist amazing engineer, but he felt this call by God to love the poor in a certain place, and for him it was working with the what he called with the little brothers repairing roads, and he just came alive in the most. His mum wasn't very impressed. I made you to be a great this and I made you to be great that. And he says, no, I'm alive with the little brothers repairing potholes. That was what it looked like for him. There's a great writer who wrote amazing books, incredible Harvard, uh, amazing Ivy League thinker. And and at the end of his life, he spent 10 years in an an organization called LARC and it's a French organization in Canada to care for the poor and Mm -hmm the needy who, who were disabled, both physically and mentally. He says, the last 10 years of my life were more beautiful, serving amongst those who did not esteem me because of Princeton degrees and the books I'd written, that I just felt alive with them as I loved them. The 10 years, he says, were the most fruitful and self-forgetful of his life. And I do believe as we're walking, there are those moments It doesn't necessarily mean we change everything and go to different places. It can be in the ordinary, the creativity, the art, the beauty that you see when you do your job. You are his workmanship. He has prepared good works in advance that you might walk in them. That you might find that all of your life is meaningful. You're here alive on planet earth, not by accident but by design, that actually your life, as you walk with Christ in the wonder of the new birth, you might walk in them and say, Lord Jesus, I want to to be part of the promotion Mm. of the glory of the Lord Jesus in all the earth. Let's finish just by this phrase, so that in the coming ages, that's eternity, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Eternity starts now, and God says it will take forever. It will take infinite time unending for me to show you how kind I am, how merciful I am, and how gracious I am towards you. Mm. That he might lavish on us and show us. Heaven is not going to be boring. Some people say that, oh, heaven's just going to be sitting on a cloud and I don't know what we're going to do all day. It's going to be amazing. And and God says, it's going to take forever for me to show you who I am and how loving and kind. And so you can start now, letting God lavish on you his kindness, his mercy, and his grace. Living in the wonder. I'm a believer. I was dead, now I'm alive. I followed the course of this age. And you used the the Holy Spirit came and and he resurrected me. And he made me into a new creature who beheld and loved Christ. And not only that, you prepared in advance, in eternity, things for me to walk in. That I might partner with you to glorify you. And lift up a flag in all the earth that says, Jesus is amazing. And he's incredible. And now I've got this hope that goes beyond the grave, that for all eternity you're going to be revealing who you are, because God is infinite and eternal. Amen. And it will never end. It will never end. There'll be facet after facet after facet of His kindness and mercy and goodness and grace, that we'll see it and behold it and see it and behold it, and we'll never grow tired of it. And we can enjoy that now—the spirit of revelation that. Illuminates our heart to see more and more of Christ. That every day and every hour can be moments of wonder and illumination. That he lavishes it even now. But it's going to be perfect then. Complete then. Now it's interrupted. Now it's, it, it's moments in the midst of life and chores and many other things. But for then it will be forever. And let's land with this thought that goes into the second part. It's not just me and God, it's me and us. One new humanity, new creation individually, Mm. new creation family, Mm. corporately. It's why we meet believers and we say, there's something we've got in common with you Mm. from different nations, different cultures, different backgrounds, different age groups, different classes sometimes. And we say, but we're the same, we're family. One new creation. One new family. You've made peace. You've brought nations together. It's incredible. So, Holy Spirit, we want to thank you for resurrection life. We want to thank you that each believer has a story of I experienced resurrection. And thank you for the meaning that you placed in our lives whether our jobs are exciting or even sometimes they're mundane. Captivate us in the midst of everyday ordinary walking. And God, we thank you for the immeasurably great riches of grace that you're going to display and show us in the age to come. Maybe something in your heart came alive this morning Maybe you heard a phrase or a thing that maybe you've never heard before and you're not a believer and it just came alive for you. Mm. That's resurrection power. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you to Christ. That's mm. the Holy Spirit breaking into the blindness. Oh, I've never seen that mm. before. And you know what? It really doesn't take a lot to become a Christian, mm. it takes nothing at all. Mm. All it is is really sometimes it starts with show me more, show me more. Mm. You've intrigued me. What was it I felt in that time this morning? I'm intrigued. Show me more, God, if it was you. Sometimes it can, as others have done, it can start with just, I'm going to read about Jesus. It's going to read John's Gospel. It's going to read it. I want to know about this Jesus. And as you're reading, he can bring things alive. God, I just ask you for each and every one of us. God, not because we have to, but because, God, we get to partner with you. We do pray for our families and our communities and the people we meet every day. Dear men and women, God, I ask you that we would have opportunities to be bold with our stories. I ask you for that we would see the masses and have compassion, God. I ask you that we would see people with compassion. I ask you that we would see them and and remember our own story and what it was like for us when we didn't know. I ask you to move us, God, with grace and opportunities to say, to people, whether it's in the simplest of phrase, wake up, O sleeper, whether it's just an act of kindness, an act of love, that we then say, oh, well, the reason I did that is because, or it's just being ultra-patient with people, or it's just telling something of our story, that the Holy Spirit on the back of it will be saying to people, wake up, O sleeper, wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, that Christ might shine on you. Oh, God, God, move our hearts with your mercy and your compassion that just says, but God, rich in mercy. God, help me see the harried state of people. Help me see the lostness of men and women's lives. Help me see that they're not really free. And to be awake to that God, to be moved with compassion, to slow down and notice God. And at the same time, trust the resurrecting power of christ that comes on the back of our words in jesus name amen, amen. amen.